Good morning, ladies and gents, boys and girls, germs and germets, dudes and dudettes. I don't know what 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 all the people call themselves these days. That was you were so hip the way you said it. I love that dudes and dudettes. That was you are a trendsetter. You are even an influencer, Prof. Is it? I don't feel like an influencer. I mean, I'm supposed to be taking money and posting rather, you know. Uh, salacious details about my personal life on 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 street or on Twitter that that doesn't seem to be happening too much. Listen, I've got the second part right. I just don't have the first part. Uh, <laughs> no well, somebody like mo- most. <laughs> yeah, I see. The problem is most people are missing one of the two, and that that's basically you need both. What if people either... paid me not to give all of my details out there in uh, the web? That I mean, could that, be that that would be cool, but yes. unfortunately, I think that would also then like everybody would want in on that action. <laughs> True. Well, I mean, cash in whilst it's still like really new and raw and then after it's go, well, I made, I don't know. Well, we're actually giving really good business advice, which probably keeps ourselves so we can get paid big bucks. Well, that's the dream anyway. You know, the, the true esports dream. To the esports on time. Yes. <laughs> and in full. Oh, I love that. The source has already begun to spill. Yeah. So otherwise, we we obviously do not have our usual Hellraiser Camille uh, here this week. He's uh, he's taking a leave of absence. We'll be back in a couple of weeks' time. So uh, it's just going to be myself and Glenn, and uh, we're going to be talking about quite a few things. Obviously, uh, I think the top of the news, Glenn, would have to be the League of Legends World's final. I mean, just an absolutely staggering uh, showcase for. Um, an opening ceremony, really, that, uh, I mean, certainly one of the best that I've seen in esports might very well be, you know, up there in terms of just general mm, productions. Mm, mm. No, look, Riot Games has never fucked around. Um, they they really never have messed around when it comes to their openings. Um, and I think they've, like, really set a bar high every year. And I think also, like, there's obviously a lot of pressure, like, with um, in, in gaming to kind of, or esports, to have, like, a, like, you know, like a hip band or something. Um, and it can get really, really cringy at times. But, yeah, Riot Games have just outdone themselves. And um, also the song itself was just, like, rad. I mean, I think everything about it, even the art that it I'm, came I'm, with, I'm, damage. I'm going to, like... I, I like the art. I must be honest, not not a fan of the not a fan of the song. Like last year's K-pop song was like cheesy, but yeah, it was like it was enjoyable. But I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not not feeling like the rap group. It just seems a bit weird. I mean, I, I liked it for what it was, but I, I think also to be honest, I was swayed by the artwork more than anything. Um, yeah. I think it's just I always just love watching um, game characters get put like in like um, like real life like settings uh but yeah no look the opening ceremony was incredible um, i actually didn't watch it myself the opening ceremony i really actually need to catch up and follow on that my life has been a mess but um yeah and then it led to i kind of want to call it an anticlimactic final well um, if you're european it was let's put it that way. i mean no but anybody that wasn't sides. from europe it was kind of hilarious I mean, yeah, hilarious, see, but anticlimactic. I mean, everything was shaped up really well. I mean, G2 were looking for the Grand Slam. I mean, that is like, so Grand Slam, for those that don't know, essentially is winning your summer split, or sorry, your spring split of your domestic league. Then following that with the win of MSI, and then, uh, which obviously is the first, uh, the, the first international uh, tournament, and obviously we don't really count with rivals. Um, and then the, the third one would be winning the summer split, right? So the second split of your domestic league. And then obviously, lastly, is the... Um, World Finals. I mean, obviously, G2 had won all their three, had done, done the three, and literally just had the World Finals to win. Um, and they'd, bought, they'd beaten SKT, I mean, 3-1. I mean, like, it was close till it wasn't, but, I mean, that was a very, like, SKT was kind of going through the redemption arc with, with Faker. G2 completely crushed that. Um, Fun Plus Phoenix 
which is a uh, I know prof you don't like the name it's I know such you a made a comment name. It's you made a comment it's like what a name, dumb dude. name for a team I made it to the world finals <laughs> such a stupid name but, uh, fun but, plus yeah. phoenix just think about that it's like sounds like something you, like that you'd be marketing to like uh, 6 year olds I mean you know, okay. like in the well, mid 90s look it's the fun plus phoenix <laughs> batteries not included <laughs> Well, as clown as their name was, this is the Chinese team that came first in the domestic league. Um, and I really, really blew everyone away because they played with a specific play style that a lot of critics, a lot of analysts actually criticized because it was uh, it's very, it's very unconventional and only worked for their roster. Um, but nonetheless, and, I mean, it, it mm. must be said, coming into the final, they were massive underdogs. G2 had like basically beaten everybody that they should have beaten. Mm. Looked good. I mean, they, they were a bit shaky at times in groups, but other than that, they, they looked like, you know, well on course for winning. Yeah. Fun Plus Phoenix was like the exact opposite looked like okay in groups groups, groups really... looked terrible I mean they, I think they, what, they lost like, I think it was a Japanese team eh? it was completely unexpected uh, yeah I mean like just coming in they just didn't look yeah. you know like the, the top tier team that most would expect to be coming out of you know the first ranked team in China yeah didn't look like much again they were I wouldn't say pedestrian solid in the, their quarters and semi and I mean getting to the final let's be said I think even in the final they didn't like they didn't like yeah, I, you could say they stomped G2, but it wasn't like they reached some superlative level in the finals. Mm. But that's what I think. I, thought I keep Nowadays, I keep thinking more than anything, League of Legends isn't necessarily one about which team was the best team. It's a playstyle. It's a playstyle matchup, like more than anything. And I think especially since the game's moved away from, um, you know, letting a single player carry so hard anymore. I mean, obviously, you know, don't get me wrong. I mean, like you get, you know, the, the jungler difference between... Um, FPS and G2 is quite large. Um, and yeah, and Junglers have played a massive... They, they, were, they were making that joke. It's, for anybody that doesn't know where the joke comes from, it's an, it's an old NFL quote, but it's what... Uh, the Earth covers 75% of the... Uh, sorry, water covers 75% uh, of the Earth. The other 25% is covered by Tian. Because <laughs> that yeah. man was just everywhere. Yeah. No, 100%. But I think but a place like matchup makes such a huge difference nowadays. Right. I mean, you look at, for example, the fact that like G2 like really cleaned half to a lot of big teams there, yet they like scraped, they were well, not scraped, but like they got pushed to the edge with Fnatic and the domestic. And I guess also, you know, worlds, different patch, um, different stakes. But um, I'm really starting to feel like League of Legends very much decided by matchup, um, uh, play styles, a uh, play style you matchup. Say that, but mm -hmm. it, it did also just feel like G2 fell flat in the final. It wasn't like there was just. They just didn't really do anything. I mean, against yeah. uh, SKT, for all we said, that, like, you know, I mean, they, they did beat SKT fairly convincingly, but when they went up against SKT, there was a lot of games where they're behind against SKT and they just played it out. And, you know, most just, of them, I think, yeah, they came from yeah, behind. Like, they just played it out, didn't panic, and just made certain to grind out their victories. And at the end of the day, I mean, 3 1 over SKT is absolutely fabulous. Get to the final, yeah. and it, it, it it's not like a complete collapse, but it just felt like a collapse in their mentality. Like as soon as they got behind, it never felt like they could do anything. Yeah. It was just no, like a absolutely. slow, steady march to extinction at the end of the day against Fun Plus Phoenix. Yeah. And I think and I think it also just goes back to the thing we've we've complained about so many times. It's just the seeding really needs to change. Like I think you really need to change for next year. We can't have um, you know, RNG, Fnatic 
And uh, I think it was Griffin, if I'm not mistaken, in the that 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 third uh, group. Griffin played G two. No, Griffin played who in this? Uh, I think no, no. Yeah, I'm talking about the group stages though. So it was it was RNG. Um, oh, um, Fnatic. Yeah, I, mean, I think it was Griffin. I think it was. Griffin. I think we've complained about. Oh, sorry, so SKT. No, but, that's, but I'm saying, yeah. but it goes back to my point. I'm saying like, it, the, the, I still feel like matchup. I play styles are such a big influence in the game, especially that it's more team based now than ever before. Um, and so I just feel like, yeah, it just it's yeah, it's underwhelming. I feel like teams aren't really prepared to kind of get into the finals. I mean, if you looked at if you looked at the, all the knockouts, it were all three ones, yeah. right? And and I just feel again, it kind of like goes to show, like, cool, you get out of your groups, but then like you get into a really crappy matchup, and I don't know. I feel like teams aren't really prepared to play international um, counterparts, which also goes back to the argument everyone, uh, the complaint everyone has, where there's not enough international tournaments, so you can't really acclimatize. Like, I mean, TL, and honestly, I feel like this is the thing. NA is the least prepared for Worlds every year because they don't have any strong competition ever in their region. Yeah, I mean, th- th- that is just largely the way that um, Riot has designed the ecosystem, though, is that yeah, there, which I there, hate. Isn't mu- there isn't much uh, international competition. Um, now, there's rumors that, uh, well, I-, I would say it's a little bit more than rumors, but uh, Riot has said that they want to introduce a World Cup, which I would guess is probably going to be nationality-based. It's not going to be coming anytime soon, guys. It's not 2020, not 2021. At earliest, it sounds like it's going to be 2022. So yeah. it won't increase the international competition by much anyway, because in my opinion, international competition in terms of like t- uh, uh, country-based has rarely done well in esports, mostly yeah. because of the, the small size of the teams means that you can't really develop the same rapport as with a team that you're with every single day. Look, I mean, and it's the same issue you face, like, even in traditional sports like football. I mean, you know, your national squads also don't have the same repertoire, but, or, or you know, rap or the synergy. But um, I also just think that because, like, I mean, example, like, if you have to do, like, NA, like, they, so many of the teams are so imported, like, to do, like, a national version of League of Legends, I think it would be pretty... Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know how well that would look. I mean, I feel like it would just be I mean, Korea versus China again. Yeah, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's going to be the, the same kind of issue, is that... Um, that's not actually contributing to international competition. They need to figure out a way to create more international competition so that teams yeah. from NA, from Europe, um, or you know the, the smaller divisions as well, the, mm-hmm. the guys from the Thailands and the Vietnams and all those kind of places, Turkeys, they need more competition. The fact that you only get two shots at international competition, which invariably just lands you in a group of death, where you're playing some of the best teams in the world, it's it's yeah. you know it's a massive uh, shock to the system, and those teams I- invariably don't end up doing well. So, I really do think that Riot needs to, you know, maybe not add a whole new tournament, but at least expand something like Worlds to yeah, give yeah. more games rather than just this you know what I would love? group stage nonsense. I would love. Look, it's not financially feasible right now at all. Although, if you think about it, there'd be more ROI for sponsors, and there's a TV ship deal in there for sure. If they had a Champions League style that ran alongside that, that, the domestic, the domestic that, that league, has, I forget who it was, but mm. um, somebody did uh, point that out this week that maybe that's an idea to go towards. Okay, trying something like that, as in you know, like say the top three or top four teams in each, um, in each region get put yeah. into the Champions League. They play the Champions League against each other, and then uh, whoever comes. You know, last or second last gets uh, knocked into like a a qualifier tournament type thing. 
Yeah. Where you I mean, I think like that would be rad. Threat. I think that'd be like, I mean, again, and again, it comes back to the ROI. Like you get brands having international exposure far more than just sort of twice a year. I mean, yeah. obviously, let's not, I mean, obviously, you know, the, the, with League of Legends, it is a global game already. But um, yeah, I just think yeah, that could be something exciting. But I mean, yeah, we'll see what Riot decides to do. Because they did say they want to be, they want to be um, financially sustainable. Um, I think that was one of the goals they had. I'm, 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 I, I, saw, I saw a tweet around it sometime. Um, but yeah, they, their goal is to make uh, League of Legends financially sustainable. So that's interesting to see if they're going to make drastic changes around that. Yeah, I highly doubt that, to be honest. I mean, yeah, well, we'll see. <laughs> That's pie in the sky kind of stuff. Uh, what's not pie in the sky, though, is uh, an event taking place in China over the weekend uh, in CSGO. IEM Beijing. Uh, sorry, <laughs> Beijing. I love that. That was such a great take on the name. I'm like, wow, that was... I don't know where you got that inspiration from, Prof, but I love it. <laughs> Beijing, Beijing Haijian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Beijing Haijian. Uh, and, I mean, I think it was a little bit disappointing in terms of the teams that eventually ended up going because League of Legends... I mean, Team Liquid was meant to attend. Uh, they pulled out, I think it was two, three weeks ago, and it was replaced with a local Chinese team. Regardless of who actually ended up attending, Astralis ended up winning. They 9 0 the tournament in one of the most dominant runs you will ever see in um, a CSGO event. I think like they gave up something like, I don't want to lie, I think it was like 51 rounds total in nine maps. That is actually ridiculous. And 41 of those were to one team. That so is, yeah. They slammed teams. Like one of the games was a 16-0 of a phase in the semi-final. I mean, they just embarrassed teams left, right, and center. <laughs> the that, closest game yeah. in the final was like a 16-14, and then just two fairly convincing shutouts in the next two. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think Astralis is like they are ranked number one as a result of the win points and all the rest, yeah, giving mm-hmm. them enough to to take the top spot. But it just doesn't feel like they necessarily played the strongest competition. They beat uh, the new uh, 100 Thieves team, uh, the the ex-Renegades guys from Australia. They just joined their team, so a wonderful run for them to make it to the final. But, I mean, I do think that Astralis probably dodging a bullet by not getting EG or Vitality in the final. Both yeah. those teams have caused issues for Astralis previously, especially EG. So, yeah, it's it, it just... It's great, but like I, I think there's a bit of an asterisk for Astralis because they didn't really face any of like the true top contenders in this run. No, not 100%. I mean, I think I saw one of the, the, the Astralis players even tweeting, like, yeah, that barely dropped the map, we're back. And now, you know, kind of like to, the, to your point, like, I mean, are you back? Or like, do you just have a kind of a, you know, was it a weaker field? field they, they, looked, they looked a hell of a lot better than they have previously. I'll give them that. Um, mm. Since winning the major, they've, They've been okay, always making semifinals at least, but never seemed um, you know like vintage. They, they passed, yeah, yeah. Loves to claim as soon as they win a map, but <laughs> um, like they look, they look closer to their best at this event. Um, and I mean, whatever you say about who they beat, you you got to you know give give them props because they actually beat the, the teams placed in front of them. E.g., yeah. for all of their skill, for all of their outrageous talent are a team that is now in four events gone out, one gone out in groups one gone out in groups like that's yeah that's a very worrying yeah. <laughs> that is like a very worrying situation for a team that is ranked top three in the world because you don't really want to be bouncing between those kind of extremes like 
you know, t- top teams or, or legendary teams are built out of either making finals or semifinals every single day. Yeah, they, yeah. They get placed in and EG, they got to figure it out um, because, you know, you, you can only survive so many group stage exits before problems start occurring in the team. Yeah, and I think it's also quite scary because to your point, they've, they like slingshot from like two massive extremes. So it's like you're really worried about like what change do they make to become yeah. consistent because like if they make the wrong change, they just, you know, they can, they can fall flat and they stay being a team that just never gets out of groups again. Um, so yeah. that, yeah, it's quite scary for them to kind of figure out like what are they doing wrong that they can be especially so inconsistent. Because, yeah, especially because if you look at how they won uh, their previous event, which was... Um, I think Starladder season was it eight or nine? I forget exactly. Uh, yeah. But uh, the Starladder that took place in Turkey, the, um, that that event, they also, I mean, they ended up in the the lower bracket right from day one almost. So, yeah, it's something they're going to have to figure out. These slow starts to events are, are not going to help you when you you know get to the the peak end of the season. Oh yeah, no, hundred so, percent. Yeah, that's. Well, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how things go for them. Oh, well, they're being top three in the world is not a bad thing. I mean, oh, I mean, despite this thing, it could be, it could be worse. <laughs> it, it basically just it, it describes exactly how good they are when they are at their best. Yeah, um, yeah. They they can beat just about anybody. We haven't seen many matches against Team Liquid as yet, but uh, that 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 is certainly going to be uh, something to watch. Uh, Team Liquid actually, I think, is in action this weekend at the China or CS:GO Asian Championship. So we'll see how they get on. Uh, obviously, didn't want to stay in China for two weeks, so they skipped the IEM Beijing event to make certain they could go to uh, the CSGO Asian Championships. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. that makes sense. I mean, and then just like the other small bit of news is obviously uh, round two of the ESL Pro League. Uh, season 10 is underway at the moment. It's actually on to, uh, it would have been on tonight and this morning if you guys are watching, uh, listening to this on Thursday. And. The thing about that, the thing that really got us interested there is uh, the boys of ATK are basically uh, in with their shot at uh, making it to the finals in Ullense in uh, Denmark in December. Mm. So uh, all props to them. Let's let's, uh, hold fingers for the boys. Hopefully they can pull out a couple of wins and and get themselves to what I think would be a deserved spot at probably one of the biggest events in the entire calendar for CSGO. I mean, no, that'd be be rad. And you've just reminded me, Carmel still owes me something for the bet we took. Uh, with ATK going up against Complexity a couple weeks what back. Does owe, what does he owe you? We didn't. De- we just made the bet. We hadn't decided on what the what, prize on the, on was, the... but he lost obviously because ATK did beat Complexity. So um, yeah, I'm actually actually I have to think about that. You just reminded me. But um, yeah, no, no. Back to ATK. I mean, yeah. I mean, I hope they. Yeah, I hope the guys do well. Um, obviously, it's like it's a huge, it's a huge opportunity right there, and um. Yeah, it's always yeah. good to see local. It's always good to see local a local flag flying high, um, in international tournaments because that doesn't really do well very often. Yeah, our track um, record is anything to go by. Yeah, just just uh, for anybody that's wondering, ATK is uh, playing against uh, Detona, Envy, and Singularity in Group A of this event. So, uh, I mean, that's an eminently winnable group. Singularity was only pulled in last minute because complexity is not allowed to play. Complexity um, didn't make it because they've recently changed players. Uh, and I think they have three Europeans now, so they don't qualify under the American branch anymore. Uh, regardless, ATK um, had the spot beforehand, so they're in that group now. And that's an eminently winnable group for them. They can definitely 
um, get through there. They did beat Singularity in yeah, I was um, going to say the they, first round. Yeah. Envy is an eminently beatable team. Detona also, uh, you know, a, a team that they should be able to beat. So ATK has, I think, uh, a pretty good shot at making it to the finals. Um, yeah, and we'll see if they can do it. That's that's the real question. There's there's no excuses now. They have to win every game. They have to top their group. And uh, 3-0 is what they'll be aiming for and a uh, spot in, in Odense in uh, December. So, yeah, uh, best of luck, gents. And uh, let's hope you guys can, can uh, post some good results. Yeah. Uh, speaking of another esports giant, um, although that's a very controversial term, uh, Fortnite. Um, Fortnite gets a lot of flack. I mean, we give it quite a bit every now and then. As, uh, as it should be done. As should be. The game is uh, way too bright. Like, I, I mean, you could almost <laughs> watch My Little Pony and, and get less colors out of it. Uh, but what is not bright is the future of a certain phase Jarvis. He's one of the pro players in the game. Um, yeah, the story, I can't even take it seriously. Um, I really can't. So, um, obviously, hacking I mean, is nothing he, okay, new. Yeah. So, yeah. So, he, he basically got banned for, for, for cheating. You got banned yeah, no, no, no. Name, so, yeah. so you got like, for hacking. But... I mean, that that's basically, I mean, for, for most of us, I think that's just every day. But here's the problem. So the guy got banned for it. Um, obviously, you know, FaZe kind of, you know, dropped him or gave him, sorry, sorry gave him, uh, you know, a, a ban as well from the, the, uh, the org. Here's his tweet, though, before he posted a video uh, with him crying. Okay, this man is in tears. The video was headlined, uh, it was titled, I've been banned for Fortnite, hash, uh, in brackets, I'm sorry. Um, the crying part, I can't take seriously, but here's what kills me. This is his tweet. I'm going to take accountability for my actions, and I understand completely why this happened. I just wish, wait for it, I just wish I had known how severe the consequences were at the <laughs> time, and I would never have thought about doing it. I love all of you who still support me, this is not the end. Uh, firstly, the definition of a permaban is that that is the end. One, two. I wish I'd been know I'd known the con how severe the how severe the consequences. That's what you're taking out of this entire this is, situation. This, this is this is the same person, of course, that uh, made a video showcasing his aimbot, and then in the video saying, "I'm fairly certain I'll get banned for this." I I don't even know. I don't know what to say. Like I actually don't know. How to take this seriously in any account? I don't know. And it doesn't it's, help. It doesn't help the Fortnite community at all, because people already think it's a trash community. And then a guy like this, who has a lot of support, and people try to defend him as well. Like, uh, how do you defend a, a man in a video showcases that he's got aim hacks? Because he's just a kid and he doesn't know better. And and, and, and like, really stop it! Come on. Like, I think even Slash. I think Slash got in a fight with someone. Um, because Slash was like, yeah, look, he's just a kid. Permanent bands have been hectic maybe three years. And I think him yeah, and I think I it was mean, DJ Wheat. I think it was DJ Wheat that got involved with him and got like, they got into like a whole argument. And then started arguing about who has the most anime followers because apparently that's like an insult when you're like really big, which I don't get as well. But anyways, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Can't take it look, seriously. I'll say this. Uh, I'm not a fan of, of, of permanent bands because I think permanent bands just sort of they are too harsh, especially because these kids generally tend to be about 16 and all the rest. Uh, you know, youngsters. So banning yeah. a kid for life seems a bit hectic. But the fact that he didn't think he was going to get a ban or the, the fact that he acknowledged that he could be banned and still realized that it was a good idea means that he took full knowledge of what was happening. He accepted what was a likely outcome 
and he was still okay with it. Yeah, look, I mean, the fact that I'm he was sorry, a like, at, that, the at, at that point, like, a ban is the least they could have done for him. Like, yeah, maybe a permaban is a tad harsh, but like, he was getting banned either way. And why kid, like, why these kids keep like playing these games where they think that, like, I mean, most of the reason that these bans come through from the devs and are that harsh is because mm. what dev wants it to be known that like cheating is okay in their game. But None see what kills me. But also, so what they're going they, to yeah. drop the like they they, no, they, they have to. Drop, they going have to, to drop the hammer of God on you. Like mm. it's, they they're going to set like ridiculous um, precedents in in order to like prove their point. They don't want any cheating, so get yeah, out of our yeah. game. And it's just like. To then cry about it afterwards in a video, it's just like, dude, come on. But also, my problem, what, what makes it a big issue for me is, like, I get if you're just, like, a normal person that's played, like, you're not, like, you're a casual player, and you feel like just trying to get some stream followers by, like, showing hacking and going, like, you know, cool. This is a pro player. So, it's basically, like, you went to your job, broke a direct company rule, and then cried because you got fired, saying, I didn't think it was going to be this serious. Ac acknowledge that you were going to be fired. Like, and then... Know? You know, and then cry like, about it. Ah, oh, yeah, no. Anyways, that basically like Fortnite. The whole Fortnite takes takes an L for that. Um, you're all wearing clown faces. I hope you're gonna all wear your clown skins because uh, it's a circus. Know, it's just such a such a stupid thing to do. It from, really from, is. Like this guy and I, like it's just the dumb thing is just like how he reacted to it when it actually happens. It's like, come on. Dude. Like you knew what was coming. Why are you? Why are you trying to play coy here? But look, I will say also we have all done. I mean, not to justify, but like you're oh, really dumb when you're that stuff. young, with that age. So like, I mean, like yeah, I guess when you also when you have so many people watching you, I mean, yeah, there's the pressure to do really stupid things. So like, I get it, and I mean, obviously we're being dramatic when I'm giving the entire community of Fortnite an L, but um. Yeah, there's like a giant thunderstorm happening right yeah. now as we're recording this. Yeah, I think so, that's um, on. I think it, that's on its way to uh, my side. So yeah, yeah I'm well, currently. If you're wondering why there's ominous yeah, yeah, thunder sorry. in the it's distance, it's not because I'm playing a game in the middle of like recording. It's like there's an actual giant thunderstorm happening right now. So yeah, yeah. Following on from that, Cloud9 then now uh, obviously shedding what remains of their Overwatch team. The must be said, season one winning Overwatch team. They'd uh, gotten rid of Fury, and uh, I think it was uh, sorry, uh, Fury and 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 Birdring earlier yeah. in the season. Uh, he's uh, both those two players gone. They've now removed Bidosin. So it's it's a worrying sign when one of the, in fact, I think it is in fact the highest um, worth esports teams in the world is shedding yeah. this many players from this many teams at the moment like something must be up here yeah and i mean it's so interesting also because cloud nine's been known for an org that really like handled their teams really well um i mean and then you kind of look at them even if you look at league of legends um obviously losing jensen to team liquid i mean obviously that wasn't their choice at all uh you know jensen wanted to go to I the winning mean, side you'd, um, th you'd think you'd have the money to at least put the players around the guy wouldn't you i mean yeah. Let, let, let's make no bones about it. Cloud9 has ridiculous amounts of money if they want it. Yeah. No, Something sure. is seriously wrong if they're just yeah. shedding players like this because these are not like, we, we're not talking about like, you know, he's maybe like a bench player on a NBA team. You're shedding like Kawhi or, um, I mean, maybe not LeBron level, but, you know, certainly like yeah, yeah. starting players for like some of the best teams in the league are being just 
okay cheers guys thanks for that you know thank thanks for your work we'll we'll see you guys next year like what yeah no no, no. what's it, going it's, on here it's it is it is it's it's a little yeah it's what it's weird and again just because they're an org that's been known to do well and to handle players really well and be like a, an org that people want to go to so i'm wondering if we're going to see some tea being spilt in the near future that's just going to kind of you know be a revelation as what's going on there if there is i mean you know maybe not but i mean all signs do point to something something being off in the team yeah. or in the organization i mean uh, like i will give the major props nothing's come out as yet as to the reason uh, as to what's actually going on so if there is something in behind the scenes that's happening they're doing a very very good little uh, job of keeping a lid on it because i mean as we've seen things like echo e echo fox when it goes bad in esports boys everybody and their grandmother knows about it in you know two days time almost i mean even griffin griffin was a ridiculous example. yeah that 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 whole thing and that was in going korea as well they've got mm. i mean what did they do this week i think they got like the the is it the one coach that they're bringing in now to like have discussions about what's going on um i haven't I honestly haven't been paying attention to all of it because we just got so much going on i was just like especially when they got knocked out i mean it was such a whole fiasco as to yeah. Yeah, no, that's, yeah. So, no, 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 look, yeah, the, to your point, definitely props to Cloud9 because, um, yeah, everything's quite, everyone's quite tightly lipped. But, um, but bad signs if you're paying yeah. attention. Oh, no, 100%. Um, but I think like, that's how you should do it, guys. Have the bad signs, have people speculate, but, like, don't spill the beans. Um, but having said that, who knows? Maybe next week or this week later, something might come up and, <laughs> you know, blow, blow the lid right off. But, uh, yeah. It's not a good. It's not a good look at all. Um, and even in the League of Legends team, um, Cloud9 have notoriously done well um, in, in international stage, um, and they didn't even get out of groups. I mean, they got absolutely slaughtered in groups. So um, even in League of Legends, which is usually like their shining light, um, despite everything else, it's it's not been going great. Um, and it doesn't. Yeah, I don't know what what change is going to do or yeah, what's going on in the org, but not great. Yeah. So I mean. Nothing, you know, there's nothing concrete as we yet, but it's not, not, not good signs to see. Uh, well, let's talk about something that is a slightly better sign. Valve has finally announced something about the conflict of interest in CSGO. Now, it's not a lot. Mm. I'm, I'm going to preface it. It's not a lot. You can't expect much from Valve with CSGO. Smallest breadcrumb is often enough to get uh, CSGO fanboys around the world, uh, you know, chomping at the bit and, and getting super excited. But uh, it's basically just a... It's, it's, it's largely a response to uh, their earlier uh, blog post about um, keeping, teams, uh, keeping teams and leagues uh, separate and not having any conflict of interest and all the rest. So what they've done now uh, in the blog post, you, can go, you guys can go read it. It's on uh, blog.counterstrike.net and uh, you, you can find it there. It's not much though, uh, but it boils down to, therefore, uh, sorry, uh, I think the most pertinent one is the, the final paragraph. Therefore, for 2020, teams and players registering for the majors will be required to publicly disclose their business relationships with other participants and or the tournament organizer so that public conversations can be had about the value that leagues and other entanglements offer versus the risk that they pose. Failure to disclose any business to the TO or other participants will likely result in disqualification. We do not yeah. intend to add any other requirements for participation in or hosting of 2020 major championships. So that's, I think, a good look. Is they they want to have the debate. They want to have the debate yeah. out in the open, so that yeah. everybody can have their, you know, have their piece, uh, or, or you know, say their piece, and and we can get down to the bottom of it now. Because 
conflict of interest, especially when you look at something like Astralis and, and uh, the Blast Pro series. And yes, they're now officially separate, but yeah, I mean, if yeah. you really go and dig, dig, you'll probably find that they are, you know, related somehow tangentially still. But it, it I, I think it's a good idea, uh, and not only in CS:GO. I think a whole lot of esports need to have this kind of thing done because. I I just get the distinct impression that there's a lot of teams that are a lot more connected than people would mm-hmm. uh, would guess. No, no, I mean it's a big issue, and especially because one of the big things that, that obviously esports, luckily, it's not as common as you'd imagine. But um, you know, like things like win trading, um, and you know, mass fix and those kind of things. Those kind of things can That's actually destroy. It, 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 yeah, they they have happened in the past. Let's, no, 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 absolutely. Yeah, I'm saying it's not as common as you'd imagine, though. And I, and I think one of the big things is that those kind of things can absolutely destroy a scene. Um, and especially with investors coming in and like esports still sort of, you know, growing, you know, they want to be really careful about making sure that there's, there's not those issues. And I think it also goes back to a lo- discussion we've had about it locally, um, you know, where I feel like conflict of interest isn't really taken that seriously. Um, so it's quite interesting to see sort of Valve take a stand on it and kind of go, guys, you need to disclose we, 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 yeah, right we, we need to have, yeah, and we, we need to have the conversation because... You know, in certain cases, conflict of interest is is unavoidable. But is it a, is it dangerous enough that the advantages that it provides are outweighed? And that's the thing. Yeah, and I love that right. they're just saying let's have a discussion. They're not saying you can't do this. They're just saying disclose it so that people can be made aware and that the community can discuss it. And I, and I think that's really the approach that it comes with it. I don't think we're all saying that you know. Obviously, especially esports, it's small. And then especially in South Africa, it's also a very small space. So, of course, there's going to be a lot of links and ties and, and, and personal relationships. But again, I think let's just be upfront and transparent about it and say, here it is, here are the links, and you know, do with that what you will. Yeah, I think that that, that, that is definitely something that we need to be seeing. So, that's good. I mean, uh, talking, I mean, you, at the end there, you, you mentioned sort of local news. And uh, I think local news for Rainbow Six Siege players has uh, brightened in the last week. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Local service for Rainbow Six Siege, woo! Which is obviously a funny thing because obviously there's always a heated discussion around should we be having local servers or not. Um, PUBG also got local servers, um, and there's been a big push around there with the marketing there with um, everyone sort of advertising PUBG local or uh, mobile, sorry, um, and jumping on the local servers. But I mean, I think yeah, I think the, the, the question around local servers is always is it actually beneficial to the scene or not? Yes, we get to play at a very low ping. Um, and maybe, you know, pull moves or techniques that you wouldn't normally be able to do at, you know, the standard 180, 160 kind of range or 200 that, that you, you, we play on when it comes to European servers. But your, the player pool comp- like drastically reduces, right? So you look yeah. at your wait times increasing a lot more than usual. You look at the skill levels dropping significantly. And of course, that's not at all a dig at any local players. But the reality is, if you have a bigger player pool you're more yeah. likely to play a tougher competition. So when you're not yeah, getting I mean, that if, on a regular... If you, have, if you have a million people playing, you're more likely to have, you know, a 10 mm. amazing players than if you have 100 like, people playing. Exactly. It's just, it's just simple math. Yeah, it's just numbers. Things. So again, not a dig of local players or anything, but and, and I think that was a discussion with, with, with Dota. I mean, when the Dota local service came in, everyone's obviously really stoked, but a lot of the players actually just... The, the pro players wanted to play in the European service so they could actually compete against... Um, better opposition and yeah. I think it's also a big discussion that comes in when we look at you know for like recently like obviously our Overwatch team went overseas um, but obviously that was sort of a national thing so it wasn't all players that had all played together but they did, didn't do very well right and I think that's been a big 
sort of uh, a track record for South African teams yeah. when they go overseas is they're not used to that competition. Um, having said that, they're also not used to such low ping normally. Um, so there is that obviously discussion. Yeah, but I mean, they, they had the opposite cons. effect. Yeah, they, mm. they basically had the opposite effect is that they, they always, they've learned to live and, and play on, you know, 150 to 180 yeah. ping. And now you're going up against guys that live and die on, you know, at city max type thing. Yeah. So it, it, it's quite a change. But you'd still say that, you know, if the guys in South Africa had, let's say they were running on 30 ping, sending them overseas, if they've played against only South African players, there's, there's absolutely no difference. Yeah. They'd, have, they'd probably uh, have been wrecked even worse. And that's just the thing is that, you know, it, it's playing against an increased level of competition. Yes, it's, it's worse uh, quality of life because you have to play at, at bad pings and all the rest. But it does yeah. very, very often increase your skill overall because you have to learn how to play against a better player and yeah he's got all the advantages but you know what when you can beat him even with his advantages it means that you're a much much better player exactly and i mean and even when it comes to the whole thing of adjusting to ping that's what boot camping is for right um uh, and i think that's kind of the point of when you go overseas is you go there for a few weeks but prior to boot camp and like really kind of get used to the ping and you know all of those things so for me it's like the ping part can be adjusted when you go to an overseas yeah. tournament but the daily constant grind against better players you can't fix that with local servers and yeah. especially again with, I mean, the, with the fact that we have such a small player base yeah the, the one thing i will say is that uh the one part of local servers that i do support is that it does allow uh, for practice servers and things like that. That is obviously a major plus, especially in games where you can dry run practice uh, strategies that you'd like That's to use. True. Yeah, yeah. Um, in, in that in that respect, local servers are absolutely fantastic. Look, there's pros and cons to either side of it. Yeah. Of course, there's not like one easy. It's a good and a, or a bad thing flat out. I think there's you know there's, there, you lean to one or the other side. And also to your point. Local servers increase. I mean, as not as a play base, you want to play overseas to so have a bigger one. Having local servers absolutely drives. Um, and, and increase a in local, in local, yeah, local like interest. Mm. I mean, obviously, you look at the difference between like League of Legends and Dota 2, for example, uh, where Dota having the local server has a far bigger impact um, and a bigger player base than, than, than League of Legends did, or yeah. does locally. So, I mean, yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot to it. I think that's also quite great for the esports scene because, again, with more interest, it means there's more eyes. More eyes means more brands are willing to kind of get involved and hopefully. Um, so I mean there are, there are definitely some you know benefits to this. I think overall I mean it's just it's exciting for for the local community to be noticed. Um, so yeah, if you're playing Rainbow Six Siege or if you're on PUBG, definitely jump on the local servers. So just show some interest or show the show the games that or the game devs that you you know there is there is a community here. Yeah, it's well, all we can do. I mean they they had to basically put up the numbers just to get the servers anyway. So yeah, yeah. Uh, props to the community for for showcasing that we do have enough players to to justify the servers. Um it's just I mean I like I've I've watched I wouldn't say a lot of Rainbow Six. I, I haven't watched much. It's probably like one or two tournaments at most. Yeah. It does look like a nascent top level esport. If they can mm, sort mm. out its issues because it does have a lot of issues on, on the side of uh, how they're doing the obsing and uh, just the, the style of the game uh, means that it's also very, very difficult to sometimes uh, figure out what's going on. It's not a very clear game to watch. And that's yeah. that's what you want. When you're watching an esport, you want clarity. Oh, you know, no, for, absolutely. For all, the, for all the jokes that we make about League of Legends and Dota 2 being, being complicated and all the rest, in terms of like if you've watched the stuff, it's it, like there's easy clarity as to what's going on. You know that yeah, these are the yeah. characters you need to be watching. Whereas mm -hmm. Rainbow Six, I think at the moment, it, it's almost, it looks too good because there's too many little pots and pans and 
uh, you know, balls and all sorts of nonsense that, that can sometimes distract your eye from what you need to see. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. Absolutely. And especially yeah. when you when you're competing against CSGO, CSGO is just the king of like there's you know they, they've, they've oh, yeah. shaved all that they they've cut all that fat. CSGO, what you see is basically what you get. Yeah, it's not the prettiest game in the world, but there is such a clarity of of, of what you can see in game. It means that it's it's very very easy to follow, and that's I think the one thing that's holding uh, Siege back at the moment from um, you know at at least p getting bigger viewer numbers. Yeah, and and, and the other issue also is like. I mean, I think the only game that could ever really compete right now in terms of clarity, in terms of what happens, is maybe Rocket League. Because again, it's just put the ball in the back of the net, like everyone gets it. But <laughs> six, six cars, one ball. Yeah, you know what I mean? Score a goal. But, but I think what the, the, the other issue that Rainbow Six has is a lot of casual people just, I mean, look at Call of Duty. It's like, got a, you know, it's one of the biggest games in the world. They have such a casual player base that everyone understands you have a gun, kill the other person, right? So mm. when Rainbow Six brings in these tactics, people would come in, sort of seeing it's a shooting game, let me watch it. And then when they get lost, they're kind of like, I don't understand how I don't get a shooting game, right? Yeah, um, because all the characters obviously have yeah, like special an technique. ability or yeah. something like that. Which, which I mean, COD sort of you know brought into it with its uh, with its, its um, what was the name of I can't remember the name, the name of their their guys. What did they call them? I mean, now it's like operators, but there was a ugh, anyways I can't remember. Yeah, but um, which is so bad because I reviewed the game. I reviewed Black Ops Four, <laughs> like. Um, but I think Rainbow Six to this point, it did have that the world record. Um, it happened. I think it happened in Europe. It may have been Paris. They did break. I mean, and we'd spoken about it on the podcast. They did break two hundred k viewership. Yeah. So but, I mean, there's um, definitely two points. That, that's there's definitely yeah. No, no, that, that's great for 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 you know an esports game that's not in you know, the, the, the big five or whatever your number you want to give it. Uh, so there's definitely interest there. And I, I think, I, I mean, again, I also haven't watched a lot of the game. Um, I think, don't be, I won't lie, hearing the local servers, I mean, I might be tempted to get out of my hiding spot and try it. Um, but yeah, I think, again, local servers, always, it's always an interesting thing. It'll be cool to see how Rainbow Six does. I know there's a lot of tournaments. I know Mad Cats, I think. No, not Mad Cats. What's it called? Raven Games. Sorry, Raven Gamers. They, they do quite a few local tournaments. Uh, them along with um, New Metro Gaming. I know they have quite a bit of Rainbow Six Siege servers. I know for them, it's going to be flipping ecstatic. They'll be ecstatic yeah. to to know that they have sort of local servers to kind of put that together. So, Well, I mean, it, it's certainly an, an eSport to keep an eye on. I'll say oh, that. yeah. And obviously PUBG, I mean, we're not giving as much love, obviously, because you know, we speak about it fairly regularly. Well, not fairly regularly, but it's a pretty standard sort of eSport there. But I think, yeah, local servers for PUBG as well be quite cool. Um, they've done quite a big marketing push locally. And I've seen a lot of people sort of... Um, pushing the the local or the PUBG local servers um i mean and i mean metal state i mean they do quite a few tournaments with them in, in within PUBG so interesting to see how that does as well obviously with mobile and we've spoken about it in the past as well mobile gaming and esports is not really taken too seriously here yet um you'll have like a little small stand like tucked away in a at a, at a rush or a rage so maybe with local service of PUBG and mobile that could be the push well, I mean, we the, need the, to was Take it at surgery. Rage this year that they got their big event, PUBG? Um, yeah, I think I think they did have it. No, it wasn't at Fortnite. I'm sure it was Fortnite. I feel like it's been a it's been a long year. I'm going to just yeah, say it that it has been a long. It's been year. a long year. Couple of all, a couple of things have like sort year. of like <laughs> they have sort of like melded together. I do apologize, yeah. but yeah, I, I like I, I know that like the there have been some PUBG um, uh, mobile events. Uh, no, I mean it was it was with um, Metal State. Metal State ran it, so yeah. Yes. Um, so, I mean, it, it's good to see that PUBG is supporting SA. And, it, I mean, everybody has a mobile phone. As much as we oh, say yeah. that, like, 
you know, the barriers to entry, etc., um, for a PS4 or a a, a a PC. I mean, a phone. Just about everybody has a phone, unless you're obviously a, a Blizzard supporter. So, oh, got him. See, the the year's been long, but not long enough to forget that ridiculous. Well, it's going to be many, many years before anybody. Re- uh, <laughs> I love that Riot Games. Blizzard gave, gave 2018, 2019. Oh, yeah. Let's just no, that was, no, we don't want to take, we can't take it seriously. That's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I mean, what's not terrible, I think, is uh, we're talking about also uh, League of Legends, is uh, the White Rabbit Gaming guys. Uh, they've gotten uh, a team together for, for League of Legends, and that team is uh, on its way to uh, Casablanca in Morocco to uh, go and play at the uh, ESWC African Finals there. And uh, we'll see how they do. Um, they have made it to ESWC before. I think they went to 2016-2018. Yeah, I think and 2019, they said. I don't, know, I don't think that was the League of Legends team. Um, oh, no, this yeah, is, they said 2016, is... 2018, 2019. Uh, was, well, 2016, 2018 was but that WSG. Was WS- yeah, yeah, that was WSG. This is yeah. ESW. Oh, yeah, exactly. ESWC. Yeah. Oh, the notorious ESWC. Mm-hmm. Is this event actually happening? Can we confirm oh. this event? <laughs> uh, well, we'll see. But I'm excited. I think it's really cool. Um, obviously, I'm always excited to just see local League of Legends doing well. Um, I think, obviously, we've never gotten much love. Um, given that we again to to our point before of like the local server thing, um, not having a great like a giant player base and, and interest. Um, but I'm also interested to see how we do internationally because the last time we always have international League of Legends, it is the MSSA, um, and we all know how those tournaments go um, in terms of our teams performing yeah. there. So this is actually our first real attempt. Look, I mean, having said that, I did I did get told by by the MSSA team, uh, I think it was last year, that the team they feel that in their eyes was a strong team. That did have some of the strongest local players, so it was like that roster was complete garbage uh, relative to you know how we see the other yeah. um, games. But again, I think again to the point, there's not that synergy you have with the same team when you're playing over and over and over again. And it's you know a game like yeah. League of Legends, synergy, being able to read each other is everything. Uh, so I'm really excited to see how this team does. I'm, I really I'm going to be keeping personal tabs on it. I think uh, it'll be just really like, cool. Like I said, the biggest thing that just worries me is like when I just read this uh, this press release is that there was supposed to be qualifiers. For the League of Legends Africa side of things, those qualifiers never actually happened. Yeah. All right. So that's like, so firstly, I see ESWC. That's already like a bit of a red flag. <laughs> ESWC, if you're talking about like organizations with famously bad names, ESWC is, I mean, either first or second in, in you know, still existing uh, organizations. So not great. So, uh, unfortunately, due to a lack of sufficient enrollment, we were not able to maintain the uh, qualifications as we wished. Right, so that's uh, directly from the SWC website saying that we didn't get enough entries, so we're just going to invite teams. Now, one of the teams invited is uh, w, uh, WRG, but we've got no other teams announced as yet. So mm, I hope is... it. I hope it goes ahead. I hope yeah. WRG does fabulously well, but. I don't know. This event is, is is jumping a couple of red flags for me right now, eh? Yeah, that is that is not a great look. Um, but I mean, what more can we do other than just wait and see? Also, yeah. November twenty third is is coming up. Um, it's and what, I two feel like next time. Yeah, yeah time. I mean, and no, yeah, like yeah, ten days. It's ten days. That to, you know the twenty third. So that's a little a little nervous. Um, especially if you're planning an international trip. Um, I mean, I'm literally I'm 
creating an event like and it's happening on the 28th and i'm already nervous because there's so much to do so yeah look let's see let's see fingers crossed because i think it'd be like i said it'd be great for for local league of legends um to to have that kind of exposure and then just you know kick back some excitement in the, in the scene because i think there isn't much it's not often spoken about and there's never anything really too exciting that happens in the local scene so i really hope this does actually kind of happen and then obviously wrg great org so yeah, yeah best, best of luck crossed. to them yeah. yeah best of luck to them fingers crossed the event actually happens and ESWC pulls off uh, do you know we actually, we're actually quite a we're quite a nice podcast when Carmel isn't hosting <laughs> you know I've just been thinking to myself we've been actually pretty well behaved the swearing counter is probably sitting at two um, I think that's all mine Camille was, Camille was well behaved last week I'll, I'll give him props he 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 was, <laughs> he was keeping it to like grandma's around levels of uh, yeah you know no, like and uh, no swearing, so so major props to him. And Nads, I feel like we also need to bring back Nads's bad bad girl behavior. I feel like she can also bring in that little spice. But you know, I'm actually proud of us, prop. I feel like we are not the problem. Okay, <laughs> hashtag hashtag we are not the problem. Um, but anyway, speaking of other positive things, so I think we've actually we've actually had a pretty great run of local esports. I think we've kind of ended especially, the year especially really smaller strong. ones of late. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, like looking at Red Bull, I'm um, sort of hit the streets. Uh, the Street Fighter Five tournament. Um, I'm actually really bleak. I was not in Cape Town uh, to to witness this, um, but uh, that was yeah, that was really really cool. I think one of the exciting thing was um, that they actually happened to bring uh, what's his name, uh, Gatchukin. Is that how you? Sorry, say his name again. Gatchukin. Who was that? Inter- the international player they brought down oh, at, at the I'm, top. I'm, I'm, I have no idea, sir. <laughs> I think it. Uh, Gatchikun. Sorry. Yeah, so Gachi-kun, um, who is a Japanese Street Fighter player, he represents Red Bull Esports, obviously, which is how they, they were able to bring him down through those connections. Um, he's known for his Rashid in Street Fighter V. Um, he's the number one player in the world. Um, and so I don't know if anyone noticed that or saw anything around it, but actually, actually he came down to, to, uh, to um, South Africa to just kind of, yeah, just like kind of visit a place, play against a few people. Uh, Do a bit of marketing, etc., etc. Yeah, I mean, which yeah, no, which was obviously which which was really cool. Um, obviously there was some talk around sort of how it was done. Some people had a few issues around it, but I mean, overall, I think it was really, really positive. Um, I think it was really rad of Red Bull to do it. Um, and and Gachi Kun himself as well to actually just come down. So that was rad. But um, yeah, uh, Prof, you want to get into the tournament, the tournament results? So, so I mean, at at the end of the day, really all that uh, all that mattered was first place because first place was a fully uh, expense paid trip to Japan to compete in the Red Bull Kamite uh, and compete in the uh, LCQ for the 16th and final spot in the main event. So that's probably one of the top team or uh, top tournaments in uh, Street Fighter. You, you know, yeah. definitely something that you, you'd like to make. And it, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity coming from South Africa. Yeah. Happened to be won by a young man by the name of uh, Jabi, uh, Jabi Mabuza. I think he, he goes under the, the name Jabi M. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, congrats to you, my sir. Uh, you're going to walk away also with a... Um, look at what is this? Uh, Street Fighter themed Razor Panthera fight stick. That sounds very intense, and I love it. It sounds um, like entirely too many words to describe <laughs> what should just be like a one-word item. You know, it's like a keyboard. Yeah, yeah. No, but I mean, it's just it's rad, and and it's one of the things I've actually been thinking about myself. Is like I really want to, um, I really want to uh, see the, the the fighting community kind of you know blow up. I think there's some really cool things. Obviously, I think we saw it. Um, uh, it was a rush or rage where they had the, the Smash Brothers uh, competition. So uh, it's really cool to see, yeah, see the kind of lesser spoken about titles 
I'm just really doing some big things and making some really great excitement. I mean, you're looking at the photos. I mean, it just looked like quite a vibe there as well. And, and also really public. So, you know, a lot of people that are not gamers and not in the gaming scene were kind of, you know, were able to just walk past, take a look, see what was going on um, and really get excited around that. So, no, yeah, man, that's mad. It's, a, it's, it's amazing. I think it's really cool. Uh, props to everyone that got involved um, behind that. Yeah, certainly something to, uh, to go check out if it does happen again. Uh, and we do certainly hope that it happens again because uh, we need, uh, you know, it's like it, it's all very well doing the, the the big showcase events, the rages and yeah, yeah. The, the comic cons and all the rest. But it is often you're going to catch more eyes in, in the areas that you want to see when you do it in the, the smaller areas. And uh, oh, yeah, I think events absolutely. like this are, are a, a great start. Yeah, and I think, again, like, I mean, something brands should take a look at as well is realize that there's a, there's a lot of fanfare on our big games, uh, but there are some really, really great communities with a lot of great engagement happening there uh, and the less spoken about games. So, I mean, do your research, see what fits the brand, and then I think there could be some really great, exciting things happening. Um, again, as well, like Rainbow Six Siege, you know, having local servers, PUBG, those could be some really exciting places to go into because, as we know, when you get local servers, there's an influx of people as well. So um, you might see me, Prof, actually getting to Rainbow Six Siege, becoming a, a pro player there. Um, you know, I'll train for a year and then... Uh, Doubt. I'm, pr I'm pressing X right now. Okay. Then, you know, press F for my dreams whilst you add it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I think that's a wrap for us for, for, for tonight. Yeah, but a, bit, a bit of a lighter event. We don't really have many fights when uh, Camille's not on. It's unfortunate. Really, you know, it's also, mm -hmm. I mean, it, in some ways, that's a good thing. In other things, is 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 that a bad thing? I Do I miss know. him? I don't want to admit that. I don't want to admit that publicly. But, uh, but, maybe, yes. it, but maybe, maybe, maybe a little. So not as much as I miss but, Nadge, though. But... Carmel, but you know. Nad, Nad's is busy roasting people in court. So, she is. I mean, we, we just need a... a she's living the life her. of suits. She is the <laughs> Harvey... Like, she's Harvey Specter, kind of just living her life um, yeah. glamorously. <laughs> well, hopefully she's, she's also not uh, hiring, you know, illegal, un unqualified people to her... Nads, her don't practice. do it. That's free advice from Prof and I. <laughs> don't hire unqualified people. <laughs> okay, let's Even end this before we talk memories. all this crap. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Great. Yeah. See, that's a bit of knowledge. Thing is, you can always learn some things here that are outside of the esports world. We're just just throwing facts on how to start a career um, in making people pay you to shut up. Uh, I don't know why no one's done it for us yet, but we'll get <laughs> we'll get there. Yeah, we'll we'll get there one day. And uh, I think we have actually gotten to the end of our uh, <laughs> gotten to the end of our episode, guys. So thanks very very much. Uh, you can catch us all on Twitter. You can catch uh, Camille at at KChikte. Glenn is at uh, G underscore K-A-Y-Y. Uh, Nads is uh, at Saint Gutterlily. Uh, sorry, S-T Gutterlily. Uh, you can catch myself at at Prophecy Gaming, P-R-O-F-E-C-I. Uh, for ESC, you can catch us on Facebook, Esports Central Z-A. Twitter, Esports Central, no A in the Central. And on the web at esportscentral.co.za. Thanks very much, guys. Next episode will be episode number 70. It'll be November the 21st. And I yep. must say that I am absolutely disappointed we didn't make at least 369 jokes for GMAX. Do you know, do you know I actually have lost track of how many episodes it's been? <laughs> um, I'm, actually, I'm actually quite sad as well. GMAX, I apologize. Uh, we will not make it up to you because I haven't been to Root to GMAX in a long time. So actually, my last F-bomb to make it number three will be fuck GMAX. There.
And we'll leave it on that note. Thanks very much, gents and uh, girls. <laughs> See you guys next week. Bye-bye. Cheers, cheers.